Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. Hey homies, I'm here today with Peter Lang, who is a CPA and apparently also comma PI. What does that mean? So on your website it says, sorry, PC. Oh, that's just uh, that's just a boring uh, corporation thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, nothing boring. Okay. Nothing exciting. Okay, I was like, I tried to Google it because I didn't want to sound like an idiot when I asked you what that meant. Uh, it's okay, whatever. CPA, and we're going to talk a little bit about our numbers. Uh, you know what? I'm going to let him talk about a lot of stuff because this a lot of this stuff is over my head. But Peter, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. And like I told you already uh, before we started recording, uh, Peter is the first dude that I'm actually interviewing. So, you know what? Congratulations. You're the first <laughs> Thanks. Dude. Very exciting. It is very exciting. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do and who you work with? Sure. So um, my company name is uh, the Designer CPA, and we work with um, we work with anyone in the uh, design industry. But we specifically the most amount of people in the design industry are interior designers. Um, so uh, if you if you went on my website, uh, the Designer CPA, you would see that. Um, we just we we uh, work with different designers because that's who we prefer to work with out of out of all the industries. Um, Why so, is that? How did you land on designers? How did you get there? Um, so uh, in my career, I was just kind of working on anything, and then I used to work for someone who um, just had a relationship with a bookkeeper who uh, just so happened to refer like nine interior designers to him. And um, as I started doing more and more work, they needed more and more help, different help besides just filing tax returns. And um, I was living in Boston at the time. So I was like going to different designs firms and helping them with all kinds of stuff. And then uh, to be honest with you, like a couple of years ago, I just got bored with just tax returns, tax returns, just dealing with whatever people. And I was like, I, I want a niche. I want to figure out, uh, you know, one industry to just work with and that's it. So I looked at my list of clients and, uh, when I was done, like picking out the top 10 that I get along with the most, they end, like five or six ended up being interior designers. So that's, that's awesome. kind of how it ended up, um, ended up happening. <laughs> and uh, how long ago was that? Sorry. Uh, that was probably about two years ago that I really wanted to <coughs> just do that, you know, just pick, pick an industry. Cool. And when you, so sorry, how long have you been in business? Um, I've been uh, in accounting for 16 years um, and I've been, I've been on my own since 2012. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. It's been great to, to be able to get out of that uh, boring corporate. corporate world and kind of be able to make my own decisions and, yeah, I don't, I can't, I, I can't even begin to comprehend the idea of going back to corporate. It's like, 
Never, not a it chance. Me. It gives me like a panic attack. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that. that's what my life in corporate was for the last six months, uh, panic attacks. Yeah. Um, so when you actually niche, I'm just, uh, this isn't totally relevant to what we're going to talk about today, but I'm curious, when you decided to niche, what did that do for your business? Did you find that to kind of really amp things up? Yeah, it re-energized me because to be honest with you, I was I was kind of getting bored with the career and I was like, I'm not really sure what I would want to do if I wanted to completely change my career because I still liked it. But um, it kind of gave me like, um, as far as like marketing was concerned, it, it gives you like a, a pinpoint focus on who you're trying to attract to. Um, and then just getting to know people and and the industry and getting to know more about it has been um it's just been exciting because you kind of get to learn more than just helping people like make mm-hmm. sure that they don't get audited right right okay well why don't we we're going to do a quick rapid fire round normally my rapid fire rounds have a lot to do with design and, and the design industry so i'm just going to approach it a little bit different with you if that's okay yeah um, sure um so just you know, whatever comes to mind quickly, um, if you can. So what's your favorite business book? Uh, Traction by Gina Wickman. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since someone said a book I have not heard of. So tell me a bit about that book. That book is just kind of, um, it gives you like fundamentals about like creating a vision and, um, setting up goals, uh, and processes so that you can grow your business basically. I'm into it. And it's like for any industry. So um, it kind of just gives you steps to be able to get from here to there without just being like, yeah, I really want my business to be such and such a thing at such and such. It it makes concrete steps to help you. Mm, Okay. Well, I'm going to add that to my reading list. That's the length of my arm, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm going to move it up pretty high. Um, Do you listen to podcasts? I do, yeah. What's your favorite podcast? What's your favorite business-related podcast? And then you can tell me what your favorite just for fun podcast, if that's a thing. Uh, well, let's see. So to be honest with you, I um, I have o- recently only been listening to like kind of interior design podcasts. Ooh, obviously um, Luann, right? Yeah, I listened I saw to you were on her podcast. Yep, that was that was pretty cool, and um, I listen to the Shays Lounge a lot too. That's the, uh, honestly that is the podcast that I first started. So two years ago, when I when I decided to kind of do this, that was the podcast that really really inspired me very early on. I, it's I love the beginning. It's like it, it it's like go get a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, or Cabernet. Yeah. I'm sorry, and it's <laughs> like okay. But, okay, know, so I will very, then. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I will. 10 a.m. Very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> it's very relaxing, though. Okay, so that's awesome. And I'll make sure to, for those of you who aren't aware, I'm sure most people are aware of Luann's. I think everybody um, in the design industry right now uh, really, really is inspired by her and look to her for obviously her podcast and lots of advice. But if you haven't heard of the Shays Line, I'll make sure to ta- uh, put that in the show notes. Um, okay, what is something you couldn't live without? I don't care if it's business or personal. What is something you just couldn't live without in your life? Um, to, I, if I couldn't run, I probably would go insane. Fair enough. Um, okay, what's the... We're going to take this one to the business side. What's the most common mistake you see business owners making, which I would assume in relation to uh, their accounting or financial stuff? Um, if they have their own business, they're um, either ignoring accounting completely or they're trying to do it on their own using spreadsheets. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 okay. No. Yep. Um, okay. And since you've been working with designers, I don't know how you feel about design itself. Do you have kind of a favorite designer that you really admire their work? Oh, that's a good question. I'm gonna, I don't know. But that's a good one that I'm going to have okay, to think yeah, about. Yeah, you're going to come back to me, and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. So, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. And what, out of curiosity, is there anything that you feel like you struggle with in your business? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I do way too much on my own, and I should um, – I always should – feel like I'm delegating more so it's like that whole like uh fear of giving up something Mm -hmm. and and you know letting other people either succeed or make a mistake absolutely and first of all I just realized you're wearing like a super intense headset which makes your audio super crystal clear so this is going to be the podcast where my guest is going to have way better audio than me (laughs) because I I decided that I'm not allowed to buy anything until I get to 20 episodes and I'm like for real doing this. So, (laughs) okay. uh, Uh, So secretly this is like 25 bucks. It's not bad. It's not that much. Okay. All right. I could probably handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay. We're going to move it. uh, We're going to move on kind of to the task at hand. So let's move on to talking about accounting, bookkeeping. First of all, let's start with this one. What's the difference between accounting and bookkeeping? We're going to take it right back to basics. Your traditional bookkeeper kind of just does, um, like, places your, let's say, banking and credit card transactions to the appropriate um, accounting uh, account, let's say, and make sure your stuff is reconciled and accurate. Whereas an accountant maybe, or a CPA slash account, there's different types of accountant that kind of can give you more maybe... um, tax advice or um, uh, like projections or budgeting or it kind of just gives you a little bit more than that. I mean, there's bookkeepers out there that will do that, but most bookkeepers are just like, yep, everything's reconciled and the numbers um, agree to the statements. And do you do just the accounting side of things for designers or do you also do bookkeeping? I have a staff that helps with bookkeeping too. Yep. Okay, so it is services that your company offers. Yes. Yep. And I assume you do this all digital or uh, virtually? Yep. We are all virtual, so we have clients all over the country. Do you and that's been Canadians. Mm, good question. I have a client who just uh-huh. told me uh, she moved to Canada a few months ago, so I guess the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I assume there's a few different things that you got to be aware of um, yep. that you'll have to kind of get yourself to, up to speed on. Okay, but I mean, really, the concepts are all the same, I'm sure, right? Yeah, their tax return looks a little different, and I'm sure their rules are a little different. But as far as, like, the language of accounting, as boring as that sounds, uh, (laughs) is is the same. And, okay, so what do you think that most designers, especially newer designers, um, should be doing that they aren't doing? What would your biggest advice be for newbies? Well, there's a lot of different... um, cloud-based if you're into that uh, cloud-based accounting options out there from free to um, a monthly fee or you could buy like a desktop program one time if you say that you can't afford to use software i would say that you can like if you want to have a business that's a great investment whether you're doing it on your own or, or not and um, a lot of the cloud-based accounting softwares out there will let you do a free trial 
So, and especially for interior designers, there's like four or five different, it might be even more, but four or five popular options that are good and bad in different ways. And I always tell my clients, you know, like if they say, I hate using this software, whatever it is that I use, um, I'm always like, well, try a free trial of something else and see and wait until, you know, and if you have an accountant and they say you can only use this, that's crap. Mm -hmm. That's just a person who doesn't want to learn anything different. So, um, and the funny thing is, is I have clients who, if you took two different ones and uh, they hate one and they like the other, and then I can talk to someone else and they like the one that someone else hates. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of finding your preference and making sure you're comfortable with it because it's really important to do. Right. And so what is it like, I'm just going to, I do for the record that I made my very first invoice in uh, either Word or Excel or no, I might've made a look pretty in like a design program that I use. And I was like, I'm just going to keep all my invoice codes like in a spreadsheet. Like you said earlier, I do some spreadsheet stuff still, (laughs) but um, I did that once or maybe twice. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I could see how easy it would be to forget to change the code in my yep. voice manually. So I pretty much immediately decided like, this is stupid and I need to get, I think I started with wave, which okay, yeah. is totally free. Um, totally free. It was yeah. great. And, and then I, and then this year fresh with the new year, I decided to upgrade to um, QuickBooks online. Okay. But, what, what is it that, what's the biggest reason that people should be using this software? Is it just for invoicing? Uh, uh, no, well, with QuickBooks Online, that's one that you can connect if you're using a bank that will do it. And most bigger size banks will do it. You can connect so the transactions automatically impl- uh, import into it. And it kind of, it saves you a lot of time versus manually having to do that or having to do something like that. Um, that's the biggest thing that I like because some of the other software is like you have to still manually enter every transaction in. So it can be super time consuming if you're doing that. And then all of a sudden, as a design business owner, you might be like, well, now it feels like I'm an accountant and I'm not even, I, I spend most of the time being an accountant or an administrator versus designing projects. Right. And okay. So here's the deal. I'm just going to be full disclosure about this. I sometimes, <laughs> it's bad, use my business account when I shouldn't. Okay. For things that are not business related. <laughs> okay. You're not the only one. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but so let's say you were just starting. So I, I originally, when I first um, went to QuickBooks, I thought I would connect my bank. But then it got real messy in there. And there was a bunch of stuff that I didn't know how to... Um, what's the word I'm even looking for? Uh, you know, I don't connect. know. Yeah. Connect. We'll say. Sure. Um, but, and so I just, I just disconnected it cause I was like overwhelmed and it, and I felt like it didn't make sense for me. I, I didn't know if it made sense for me to hire someone to take care of it when I didn't feel like my ongoing needs with a bookkeeper slash accountant would be there. So what, what would your recommendation on something like that be like, how do you deal with that? No, it's possible that you could find someone and just tell them what happened and say, can you just, you know, get everything straightened up to this point that it happened and then I'll start over? Because you could always do it like that. Mm -hmm. Or you could, you know, try to fix it on your own manually. But sounds horrific. I I tried to do that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 
what happens when you're connected like that and you are using, is, is it just, you really should not, and I know you shouldn't, but if you are sometimes going, Oh, you know what? I just need, I got my business bank card on me here. I'm just going to use this for this here avocado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's important to, I guess that's okay. It's just important to kind of really be, um, really know which one those transactions are. Cause there's a, there's a special place for it and that's okay. You just have to, you know, keep good records and make sure mm-hmm. you're not throwing it to like avocado expense or something and then get in the tax deduction. I see. I see. I see. Okay. So I'm the weirdo that I, I use QuickBooks online, but I still track all my invoices in a spreadsheet because I basically like, I, to some degree, very loosely, very, very loosely follow a little bit of profit first in, okay. in the fact that I, you know, if my invoice is 5,000, I, I let my spreadsheet do the math for me on how I should split it into accounts. Okay. So I do that. Um, but is there a different way I could like for people who do profit first, is there a way to, to account for that in this software so that you don't have to do it in, in an Excel spreadsheet? I kind of like the idea of the spreadsheet like that because it's like, it can get, it can get tricky in QuickBooks. Cause yeah, I mean that way you have like a, if, if something gets screwed up, you have something outside of it to kind of check to make sure that, QuickBooks transferred yeah. the stuff correctly. Yeah. Um, and I do, to be honest, I am, I do like that it's like a secondary place that, you know, if I do in my QuickBooks, you know, do a report for a certain month and something doesn't match with what I have in my spreadsheet, then I know somewhere something's wrong and I can just like figure that out. Kind yeah. Of thing. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, QuickBooks isn't perfect. So uh, as far as like budgets and projections and that kind of stuff that you're talking about, um, spreadsheets are still, you know, the way to go. So Okay. So um, what about tax planning? So I, at this point, I'm just going to ask you some questions, but I feel like I don't know what I don't know. So if there's yeah. anything you feel would be super valuable that I'm not asking about, I would love, like, just totally let me know and, and feel free to uh, go on about anything that I'm just not touching on. Sure. Uh, and I think it's tough because uh, my audience, I like to think my audience is a bit newer. So we're very like, you know, with the amount of invoicing we're even doing so early on. I mean, I think back to my first year and I like, there's no need to get someone to help me with this. It's so minimal, right? Mm-hmm. But a big thing I think that a lot of people don't think about is tax planning. And what is your suggestion for obviously making sure you don't completely, uh, you know, or you're not left with this crazy bill come tax time that you're not prepared for? Yeah. So the IRS is going to want you to pay quarterly. Um, Slash Canada revenue. Right. <laughs> uh, they want their money too, I'm sure. I, I think so. I, I yeah. really believe they do too. All the all the government. Canada's polite, but we still they still want our money. They still so. they still need the money. Um, so when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at your profit, which is whatever you're left with after all your expenses, um, you're looking at whatever tax rate you're at. So if if we're just going to talk about the United States and you're someone who just started, so you set, you're set setting yourself up as a sole proprietor, you have 
the you have self-employment tax, which for the sake of argument is like a standard 15%, and then you have your regular income tax. Um, so if you're on your own and you're kind of like using like a QuickBooks type program and everything you know is reconciled, you can look at a profit and loss statement and kind of judge that, uh, like how much you should be paying in taxes um, by just using that, using whatever. So if, if you're in the United States, you're looking at like 15% for self-employment tax and then kind of whatever your rate is uh, based on your, your entire uh, income. You kind of want to just make sure if you, if that your business is the only thing. And so you don't have another job where you're getting withholding taken out. You want to make sure that you're looking at it at least quarterly to see and kind of going through that on that, those percentages to make sure you're um, paying in at least that much throughout the year. So you don't have a huge surprise when you're finally filing your tax returns. And do you feel like you should just be, so let's say it's January and especially like as a newer designer, I think, you know, once you've been in the business for 10 years, like it's probably a lot more predictable, um, what you, where you might be at for the year and what your goals are. But, you know, for me, for example, if I think about my first year versus my second year, it's like where I'm, you know, where I'm projecting or, um, where my goals are, are, you know, twice as much. Uh, slash two and a half times as much what my first year might have been. So do you suggest that we save for what we, we project or you just kind of, cause then also, you know, you've got to pay your bills. So, you know, yeah. how do you kind of approach that? So, um, if you're doing your own tax return and you're I definitely using, am not, by the way, and I will be the first to say oh, none of us good. should be. <laughs> okay. That's good. And if you're using someone who you don't talk to throughout the year, mm-hmm. the trouble that you can find is that, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, so most tax softwares, tax prep softwares that we use, assume that your business is going to be the exact same or your tax return is going to be the exact same from one year to the next. So when they calculate your estimated tax payments for the following year, they come out with that number, they're just assuming everything is going to stay the same. So you you can either ignore those and then you're in real trouble or you can just pay those and be like, Every, that's what, you know, that's what my tax return said. That's what my accountant said. I'm just going to pay those. But if you've had like a, a great year and, you know, business is booming, you're, you're still going to be in for a, a big surprise. So if you're on your own, I would say that a good uh, trying to compare your profit and loss statement between last year and this year and see where it is. If it's a lot higher, then, you know, you need to figure out a way to bump that up. Um, and uh, if it's a lot lower, then that's kind of different. Um, but with my clients, I, I try to talk to them at least quarterly to see what's going on and, and kind of see if we need to make adjustments because that's really the, the end goal is to not get a surprise when you're filing your taxes. It sure is. So, um, so you, like, you ideally recommend that quarterly, when you say you meet with them, are you doing the profit and loss quarterly? Uh, yep. So some will, some will just kind of be like, they'll know it. So they'll be like, listen, I know that I'm way busier than I was last year. Can you take a look? And then my software, I'll be able, I can kind of do tax planning as if I'm assuming something every quarter and we just go from there and they kind of, we can adjust the payments. Um, you can adjust the, 
quarterly payments at any time throughout the year. So if they have a huge quarter in the first quarter and they pay a lot more because they're like, I'm, I'm having a killer year. And then in third quarter, they call me and they're like, eh, things aren't so good. Then I'm like, okay, then, you know, maybe we don't need to make a third quarter payment because we paid so much in first quarter or let's dial it back and only pay this much. It can okay. be changed at any time before the end of the year. It's when you like ignore it and your accountant ignores it and you don't talk about it for the entire year and the year passes that people get into trouble. And okay, so here's one thing you talked about this. Um, when after my accountant did my taxes um, this year, I was given like a projected schedule of how much to pay. And I realized I had it set. I set a reminder for myself in September. And then I just looked and it's been on my to-do for the last probably three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not a huge amount. It's fine. I can totally pay it. I just didn't know how, <laughs> which was really what the barrier was to me paying it. And now I've realized it was supposed to be paid on September 15th. I just noticed that today and yep. I haven't paid it. If I just pay it, is it, is it no big deal or am I going to get a penalty yeah. for something like no, that? No, those are pretty, um, those are pretty rough dates. Okay. Um, it can be a little penalty if it's a big, big deal and like you were supposed to make a payment, let's say on April 15th and you're making your first one in July and the one that's due June, you don't make it till September. Right. Oh, and so that's when it can be a problem. But like if you're sending it out on the 22nd of September instead of the 15th, it's not. Oh, okay. Because I got a little scared there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, yeah. (laughs) But you know, like you, you don't want to ignore it till like November, you know, and then. Right the December one, wait till like March, that kind of thing. And so, okay, when you're working with a, let's say you and I started working together for you to get my finances sorted out. Um, for, I like to think I do have spreadsheets. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I kind of have it pulled together. I'm fairly organized, but how do you kind of what is the process for kind of onboarding a new client for you? What is, mm-hmm. I find that to be very overwhelming when I think about it. Like, what do I need to give them? Like, cause it seems like it, it's, you know, like all the receipts, is it just a spreadsheet of information? If like, it hasn't been connected in QuickBooks to my, to my bank account, like what is, what does that onboarding process look like? And what does somebody need to get together to, to get rolling with you? So during the initial period, even before we're like, okay, we're going to be, uh, clients, I look at their, if they're using QuickBooks, I, I look at QuickBooks online and see where they're at now. So some people will be like, I already have a bookkeeper. I need a tax person. I need someone to give me advice. And then I'll be like, okay. And I go in and they're reconciled. So let's say they're reconciled all the way to the end of August and everything looks great. So I know like this is no big deal. And then I get sometimes where I'll get in there and they have a bookkeeper, but they don't even realize that the bookkeeper may or may not have done any work over the last six months or like, let's say it's September now, like nothing has been reconciled since March. And I'm kind of like, okay, like let's worry about the past first. Let's get you. That's kind of, I'm like, we have to get, you know, the past strand out and then we can move on in the future. And that's, that's pretty much how we handle it. And then once we have a grasp that we know the past is good, that's when we, we can, um, we come out with a plan and and figure out, you know, where to go from there. It's like the same approach as therapy. 
it's like yeah. you just gotta let's deal with the past, past and then we'll work on the, <laughs> on the future <laughs> nobody but. likes that okay so it's basically the criteria though in order to work with somebody like you um virtually that you do need to connect your quickbooks to uh your bank account or are you able to send over those spreadsheets that you put together well, I, we prefer to do it like that because it's easier for everyone. And then if there is other stuff like, uh, you know, oh, I bought this, I bought that outside of the bank account, then, you know, there's ways to deal with it. But um, uh, because we work virtually, we like, you know, cloud-based, whatever yeah. cloud-based accounting solution you're using. And it's always helpful when it can connect to the bank because it saves everybody a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think as a, so yes, okay, you said if you're a newbie, you really should get some sort of software. You talked about examples. Do you want to share a few of your favorite software examples that, and maybe some pros and cons to each? Sure, yeah. So right now, like um, Ivy and QuickBooks Online have come up with a relationship. Um, so the, Ivy integrates with QuickBooks Online and everyone, so there was a problem uh, with uh, house buying Ivy. So a lot of people had issues with that for various reasons. I, I'm an Ivy user, by the way. <laughs> I think I, I, from what I, okay, as an accountant, I will tell you that all accountants should deal with whatever software their client is most comfortable with. That's my opinion. Other traditional boring CPAs would probably tell me that I was crazy, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> but QuickBooks Online is great because you can connect to the bank accounts and save a ton of time. Ivy's great because a lot of designers will tell me that they like the way it looks and feels and they're able to kind of do their design work better than, you know, getting lost in QuickBooks, which I totally get. So I think that relationship is the best right now because the designer's happy, the accountant's happy, and, and that's great. Um, and then you have other options like Design Manager, um, Studio Design, uh, that are more um, project and accounting all in one. You only have to worry about one, but they don't connect to the bank accounts. So um, the accounting work can be uh, is manual. It can take a lot more time. And I find that um, smaller firms, you know, like the bigger firms that have someone who maybe is like a project manager and an office manager who's doing more accounting work and like dealing with the projects, that's fine. It's more work, but but there's more reports and they like it that way. Someone who's new might get, you know, sticker shock a little bit when they hire a bookkeeper and see the price because the bookkeeper's like, it's, it, takes, it takes longer for me to manually put these things in. But it's all, at the end of the day, it's all about like um, what you prefer. And like I said before, I have clients that love Design Manager, love the way it looks, can't stand Ivy, so they don't even care that it takes longer. And then I have others that hate the way that the other one looks and they mm-hmm. have to do it like that. So, and then there's other ones that are just project-oriented, um, but then you have to kind of, you know, everything's kind of, double counted where you still have to deal with the QuickBooks issue if you're going to use that for accounting. So this, okay, so this is where I love Ivy, but they don't integrate for a Canadian. It's U, it's U.S. pricing. Yep. So I can't even integrate it with QuickBooks. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I do and I would love your okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I basically see Ivy for me as my, um, 
furnishing proposal slash um, furnishing proposal slash purchasing manager. Okay. Really. And I actually tried to, I wanted to test integrating it with QuickBooks, but I learned that it just doesn't even allow it in Canada. So whatever, that's fine. Um, but here's what I do. I, anything to do with furniture, I invoice clients through Ivy, okay. but then I take that number and then I just, so let's say a client approved a furnishing proposal of $30,000. Well, what I do is I then just manually input that into my QuickBooks so that it's like tracked into one place. Mm -hmm. But I see it as like the client facing invoice was through Ivy. Um, but I, is that problematic that I kind of almost have two invoices? I'm curious on your thoughts on this little workaround that I think I you got to kind of, it's like any other program that, 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 that can't connect. It's like almost like what you said, double, double input because of it. Okay. So do your customers pay their invoices to Ivy? No. So I only accept checks for that anyway. So okay. I, because I don't want them to pay the credit card fees, I just allow for email transfer slash checks. If it's, if it's for furnishing, for, for furnishings, then it's a check. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of how I deal with that. So as long as, yeah, as long as you're keeping track of getting paid, let me tell you, you want to see, you want to see what I've done? I, so for those of you listening, he's, he's going to laugh pretty hard about this. I'm sure <laughs> this right here is, ah. I don't know how clear that is, but okay. So it's all good. You get, this is where I get a little bit, uh, I'm curious in your thoughts on, on managing this, but maybe, uh, you know, this is where I do need to hire somebody. And I don't know if it's a bookkeeper that does this, but so for purchasing, so I get $30,000, and now I need to buy a couch, which was six grand, buy a media unit, and they're different vendors. And I thought, well, I don't want to put $30,000 on my credit card because guess what? I might accidentally spend that client's money if I haven't purchased something yet. So it's a whole like management of money onto the credit Absolutely. card that I'm using. So yeah. I created a form that I say, okay, I'm, a, I call, I'm about to purchase. I know that this thing, this, this fabric is... Four hundred and eighty nine fifty two is the amount that I owe the vendor. I write that I transferred that money to my credit card. I'm just very curious on how ridiculous this sounds to you. I transfer four hundred and eighty nine fifty two to my credit card. I then call. I say, "Here's my credit card." They then pay. I see the authorization. It's not posted yet. I write that number and I make sure they match. <laughs> And then I have a little checkbox that I will, and I write the dates that this occurred. And okay. then I just, this is like lives beside me for a whole week. It's a week at a time. And at the end of the week, I'll go back online to my credit card to make sure that it was properly posted. I make a checklist that I want to make sure that I've updated IV in the ways that I need to update IV and whatnot. But, you know, I'm just curious, like, what the, like, is that what people do? Is that how I should be doing things when I'm paying with a credit card, but in chunks? Are you, Have so you heard of this crazy? Are you getting all your money that you're gonna, you're, you're getting your money up front from the yeah, card? Yeah, I get a credit, I get a check for 30K. Yep, yep, yep. I deposit it into the cost, right? Plus, like, the project. my markup. That's right. right. Yep, yep. Not yep. including my services, 100% just for product. 
So 30K, I, deposit, I, I opened an account within my, my business account for purchasing only. So it's like, this is where client money lives when I'm purchasing for them. So it doesn't get all messed up into my other money. And I, yeah, again, actually spend it. Yeah, it just happened and I've had to like, oh shoot, I need yeah. to like replenish. Anyway, um, and, then, and then I take the money from there. I move it to my credit card, I pay. And then when I know all the things are paid, then my next plan is I'm going to look at my, my profit spreadsheet that I would pull from Ivy. And then I would pull from the purchasing account, my profit and put that into my regular account. And then, but like, is that, does that sound like a way that, that's, uh, good. that's good. That is not ridiculous. No, I have There's no other I, way to do that. I have clients that I've told to kind of keep things separate like that, but they throw it all in one and deal with deal with the money game all the time. So, okay, because I just I, really wasn't sure if this seemed like completely archaic. Well, if it works for you and you're not, um, <laughs> I mean, I would say that the fact that you're not like, oh crap, I spent all that money and now I got to buy all this stuff. That's that's really the the scary situation. So no, that's nobody can live that way. That's horrific. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately the end goal is like, I'm trying to create some sort of process that isn't so convoluted that I, I can hire someone to do my purchasing. Cause that's my ultimate goal in the next, like within the next three months is, you know, once I get that approval, I get the check, someone else can take care of my purchasing. Now, bookkeepers don't take care of purchasing. They just, they just kind of figure out how to make your books make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, th- um, there are people that have like a, a someone that does that, the project and the bookkeeping. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to use a bookkeeper to do both, I would ask them, I would just make sure, like, tell me about the other design clients you use. Tell me mm-hmm. about your experience with working with whatever software you are. Have you ever done it before? And because um, there are some out there that will uh, will say that they they know how to do it, and mm-hmm. that's great. But you definitely, if you're going to have them dabble in that, you want to make sure that there's someone that has a lot of experience in the industry. Absolutely, it's very. Another thing that just really scares me is like, I mean, for you to do your my purchasing, you're going to have access to my credit card. You are going to be logging into our business bank account. It's yep. very scary. And that's why a lot of um, people will tell me, like a lot of clients will say, well, I don't want to deal with this. It's boring. I don't understand. I just want to design. And that's fine. But you have to, you're still running a business. So I, you know, you want to make sure because there have been stories where I've heard of like a bookkeeper just taking money for years and nobody ever knew. And it's like, then, then what? Then it's too late. So just... Um, as, as uncomfortable that is, as it is for you, just making sure you're kind of checking in and making sure everything kind of looks right to you. Like, mm-hmm. that's, so I think that's, the bottom line, what you're saying is like, no matter whether you outsource this, you really do need to be checking and you can't just be completely blind to the, to the money going in and out because you can really get hosed pretty hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when you find out, uh, like if you are going to, if you do get hosed or you're about to, you usually find out after the fact when it's too late. So, yeah, um, yeah it's worth spending the time because, you know, 
you do own a business and the whole point of it is to make money, not to, you know, lose money because someone took it. Right. So, (laughs) so if you don't trust, you know, if you don't trust the person or you have a, uh, like an uncomfortable feeling about something, doing your homework and figuring out, or even asking someone that you can trust about it, that might have more experience, uh, just to make sure don't ignore it because it'll be too late. I like that. That's sound advice. Um, what, okay, so I'm looking at your website and it looks like you have varying plans of how designers can work with you. Why don't you share with the listeners what those plans are, what they look like, and maybe um, you know who they might be best for? Sure. So those plans are just kind of like three examples of... Um, different plans that you can choose based on your size. Um, but they're not set in stone. So I've, I, what I usually do is when I'm, um, when someone inquires about working with us, uh, we do like a, a complimentary kickoff uh, video where I just get to learn more about either what you are looking for in an accountant or if you already have one, why you're making a change and just getting more information. And then, you know, sometimes the plan looks exactly like what's on my website. And sometimes people will say, I have someone who can do that and that, but I really need this, 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 and then um, we can do it. So those are just more like examples for like where you could be in your journey, but certainly not set in stone. And do you want to just quickly even, so basically you do, these are just to kind of guide people, but they're not hard and fast, like exactly this. So do you right. want to just share with everybody what they are? Um, sure. So if you're just starting out, maybe you, you're looking for someone who can handle the bookkeeping and your sales tax. Um, if you're a sole proprietor, uh, you're looking for someone who can file all your tax returns on time uh, and make sure you're, you're getting tax planning. Um, we always... Um, we always say that it's mandatory to meet with us quarterly um, and it could be 15 or 30 minutes or an hour, whatever, but we'd like to check in with our clients every quarter because business is changing all the time. You have questions and who wants to work with an accountant that they can't ever talk to anyway. So we do make that mandatory, even though clients will sometimes say, I don't, I don't really want to do that. They're not a good fit for us. Okay. We want to be like a, a trusted advisor and on your team and helping you grow. We don't want to just be like, yep, we got your return done. We're going to the beach for the summer. Leave us alone. Right. Um, and then when you look in at like an elevated plan where you're, you're maybe getting, um, you're getting more, uh, you're, you're hiring people. So you need payroll needs. Um, and you maybe have a profit enough that it's time to incorporate and like take advantage of some other tax planning. Um, that's where, uh, where you could, uh, maybe you want, there's some clients that I have that want to meet more than quarterly. They want to meet once a month. So they tell me that and we figure it out and, and that's what we do. And then, uh, if you're, you're really growing, you're rocking and rolling and you, you know, you're taking on a lot of people and now you're like, okay, we, we're looking for like part-time CFOs, um, services. We're looking for, for coaching. Um, we want projections and budgets. Like if we get three more projects, how many people can we hire those kind of things? Then, um, we provide, uh, services like that. So it's, it really is all up to the clients and their needs. And, um, 
it can be changed at any time. And then um, how we do it is we just, uh, we come up with um, a monthly amount. We charge a flat fee monthly amount that's agreed upon. Uh, there's no surprises. We just, uh, we uh, talk about it and uh, agree before you even start. And um, that it's super easy to budget and, um, you know, instead of getting like uh, when I, I just remember like working in old firms where it, they build by the hour and it was like the client would be like, well, how much is it going to cost? Well, I don't know. It depends on how much time it's going to take. And then you get like the surprise bill where you're like, holy cow. Yeah. So, um, nobody so, likes that now. So, <laughs> um, we're able to kind of do that and it's, and it's agreed on before any work even gets started. So we want everyone okay. to be happy both, both ways, right. Uh, with working with people. And so, um, that's where communication is you know, comes in and. And okay. I'm going to ask you a question unrelated to specifically like accounting, but more business related. So, okay. So for context for the listeners, um, you actually, he, Peter actually had somebody reach out to me. So tell me a little bit about that. Cause I just, I'm intrigued by whether you've been, what made you think okay I should be getting on to podcasts and I it was a, it's a PR like who who was it that reached out to me uh, it's a company called interview connections and they help um either uh like podcast hosts get the kind of um guests that they're looking for or if it's someone who's written a book or um is kind of niching in something or an expert in something uh and wants to reach out to a certain demographic they'll help you um get there Versus just kind of being like, oh, that's a nice podcast. I wish I could be on that someday. Type of right. Thing. And so when you, like, if we go back to whenever you started niching, see, some people say niche, I say niche. Uh, sure. But, uh, when you decided to niche, so was this all just you knew on your own or were you working with a business coach? Like some of these um, changes that you made in your business. Sir, uh, so I joined a group of, as exciting as it sounds, I, I joined a group of CPAs from all over the country that are kind of forward, um, forward thinking and they um, either are doing that or they're trying to find something to niche in where they're looking for what, uh, or they just are sick and tired of working at the traditional accounting firm. Um, and so there was other uh, people in the group that had kind of picked other industries and were doing it. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I, that's exciting. And then when I started to, to think about it and then, you know, you set up the Facebook page, you set up the Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And then it's like, you could, you could post something about anything but until you really know what you, who you want to work with and who you're trying to target, that's when I think, you know, that's, that's, that's where it's at. And then it was like, it was just some, I was introduced to someone and it was like, maybe you should, uh, you should just get out there and be on podcasts. So it's just a, it's just a different way of getting out there besides just posting on Instagram and yeah. hashtags and hoping someone will, you know, because see I'm it. not going to lie. I don't think that I would think to take it to the Instagrams or any social media for me to find an accountant. I would, I would personally wouldn't, but okay. Um, the, do you, was it like a, was it basically a mastermind group? Were you paying to be part of this group and was it digital? Was it virtual? How, when you oh, So, yep. So this, that you do, you're talking about the group of CPAs. Yeah. Yeah. I so it's, curious. yeah, sure. No, it's actually a group called Thrival. And, um, 
I'll, I'll be honest with you. I always thought about how, well, first before I, um, before I was like, I want to work with designers, it was like, I, I want to be completely virtual. I like that whole idea of not being like strapped down to my desk and making sure that I'm here in case someone's coming to drop off their paper. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always exciting to me. And so I wanted to kind of make a website like that. And I was just Googling stuff, to be honest with you. And I found this group and it, I knew it was all virtual. And this guy, I'm, I live in Rhode Island. And this guy that was in the group who lives in Rhode Island, I used to work with like 10 years ago. And I sent him an email and I was like, this group you're in, are you, are you still in it? And is it like legit or is it like a complete waste of time? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's awesome. So um, that's how I... That's how I did it. And so we, uh, they use a program called Yammer that's made by Microsoft and anyone can post anything. So, um, you know, like if you have a big project where you're not really sure how to price or you're dealing with an employee that's not working or a client that's like, you know, maybe taking advantage of you and you're not really sure how to deal with it. We bounce ideas off of each other and, um, People are super supportive and helpful. And then every month we meet on Zoom and um, it counts as continuing education because I got to do that. Yeah. So it's a fun way of doing getting that because, um, you know, everyone's trying to help everybody grow their business. And I don't have to sit like in a hotel with 300 old CPAs learning a, like reading a tax code and yeah. trying not to, uh, you know, fall asleep. Yeah. So that sounds a lot like the Facebook groups a lot of us designers are in, except the difference is like probably that you're paying for yours. And, um, but that's, that's awesome. And so, you know what, I think that's very telling though. It's like, we're always learning, we're always growing. And I think basically what I took from what you just said is that all the connections that we make, like, it sounds like someone gave you a nugget somewhere along the way, like podcasts. And you were like, yeah, "Yeah, cool. I'm going to look into that. And then now you've been, how many podcasts have you, have you been on now? Uh, I've been on like five. Amazing. So, yep. And have you gotten on the Shays Lounge yet? Yes, it's not Amazing. out yet, but I ha- it's been it's in the can. So Amazing. We'll see. Yeah, it's been. Well, I'm gonna make sure to launch this one first because it's so like it'll be it'll look like he copied me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You never know who who knows who, right? Yeah. So, um, it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, I'm gonna just try it and see what happens, and. You know, I don't know what's going to happen next, but um, it's been it's been pretty awesome. So joining community, I would say like because it can be pretty lonely sometimes as a business owner, especially if you're a sole proprietor uh, who doesn't have any help. So joining communities that uh, that have people that are willing to help you and mentor you and kind of you can bounce ideas to is it's it's invaluable. So agreed. So that feels like a really great place to kind of end this. Uh, do you want to just share with everybody again? I know you already did once, but what is your website? Uh, where can people follow you on any social media channels? Sure. So my uh, website is the and you can follow us on uh, Instagram or Facebook at the designer CPA. Uh, I want to say, I think the designer CPA is a great freaking name. Thank you. Just, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's obviously very clear, but it just, it rolls off the tongue really well. And I, I think, I think it's awesome. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you asking my very like juvenile questions, but oh, that's not, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm happy to help. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that you are linked in all the show notes stuff and have an awesome weekend. Awesome. Thank you for having me. 
So I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous about that interview because I was definitely, that's the first time I'm not really talking to a designer. I'm talking to a dude. Not that that really was a big deal, but I was talking about a topic that I felt um, somewhat uncomfortable with, but Peter obviously made me feel very comfortable. And I think that that was really great information. I hope that you found that valuable too. And I also really liked being able to talk to him about just more business related stuff, kind of what he's done to change the course of his business and some things that he's doing in order to, um, you know, gain more momentum and obviously grow his business. Have I told you lately what my ultimate goal for this podcast is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have, but I'm going to tell you again and how you can help me reach it. So my ultimate goal, at least the, my first ultimate goal, I'm calling the trifecta goal, is to talk to three of my design heroes, Studio McGee, Larkin Lennon, Amber Interiors. And what I love about having to repeat this every time or almost every time on my podcast is that your words become your reality. And I know that if I keep saying it out loud and I'm forced to do it on this podcast, then I truly believe it's going to happen, guys. Uh, but uh, you guys can help me reach this goal by subscribing to the podcast, telling your friends about the podcast, telling people who you think might benefit from it, because the more people listening, the more I can tell people, hey, you know, this is how many people are listening, and I would love it if you were on the podcast, and if you leave a review, they can also see that people are digging it. So thank you to those who have left a review. As promised, I am going to read it out loud. And my next podcast is... Let's see. It's from Darla Powell of the Wingnut Social, who also has a podcast, by the way. You should check it out. It's a lot of marketing-related stuff. Really, really great content. She says, Michelle likes to say that her podcast is selfish. Don't let her fool you. Her sincerity and genuine desire to relay information and takeaways gives her away. Lots of valuable info here. So nice. I, I really, really appreciate it, Darla. Um, and yeah, if you leave me a review, I will for sure read it on the next episode or one of the future episodes, obviously, because I got a few more to read. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I have gotten really a lot of great feedback and to say that it warms my heart is the understatement of the year. Anytime I hear anybody saying that they on purpose listen to my podcast slash I've also gotten, I binged your podcast today while cleaning. And that right there is pretty much the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So thank you so much. If you want to keep following along my journey, please go to business homies in my Facebook group in Facebook. So just search business homies. You think I'm pretty raw and real here, but let me tell you, behind a closed wall in Facebook land, it gets even more real and raw. So go check it out. Thank you so much for being here. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, homies. And I'm drinking wine, so... Oh, not that. I'm still at work. I'm, I'm like... I got <laughs> what time? Water. Where are you? What's your time zone? Uh, Eastern. So I'm at so what time four, is it? Four o'clock. Oh, that's my time zone. <laughs> <laughs> I should <Okay>. probably. Uh, <laughs>